0: I'm Maria Schwartz along with my co-hosts Gabe Ibrahim and Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider show where it's all about the W. Today we're talking mid free agency power rankings. show please consider joining our patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w today we're talking WNBA mid free agency power rankings and since i wanted to do way too early predictions of who's going to win the championship i'm going to kick it to gabe to break down how we're going to do this episode gabe
1: yes this is going to be a slightly more thoughtful experiment um so we're going to break out these teams into tiers i have four tiers so here's what, you know, I think everyone has is somewhat familiar with the concept of tier. This is how I treat it. Uh, within each tier, the teams are largely the same. So I am ranking the teams in each tier, but they are largely the same in that I can't, I'm just splitting hairs trying to find differences between them. I think the each group, each tier is very close to one another and it's very hard to separate. Um, and, you know, it's not that confusing but you'll just see when we get to it. Okay, so I'm starting with my top tier uh, favorites to win the title. For me, there are four favorites in this order. Los Angeles is is number one, Seattle, Washington, and Connecticut. So those four teams are in my tier one. I could see any of them winning the title easily. Uh, LA is my number one just because I love how deep their roster is. I love all the star power, and I think Christy Tolliver is exactly what they needed. Seattle is there because they may have the best player in the world, they have championship experience, and they have a very deep roster of role players and know what they're doing. Washington is there for all of the same reasons that Seattle is there, so we might have to quibble about whether Brianna Stewart is better than Elena Deldon. But that's a different podcast. And then Connecticut is my fourth team there, uh and that's predicated on them having Courtney Williams come back. Uh obviously we've all we've all heard the rumblings about her, but if she comes back, I think that is a championship favor and even if they're not, I think they have a good argument. So those are my tears guys. What do you guys think? Rachel, uh
0: I'll let you break down why he's wrong
2: first. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um with most of that 75% of it it's hard for me to include LA in that category i just can't i have to put la um down i have to knock them down one i think after everything that transpired last year um there was a lot of drama a lot of drama a lot of locker room drama um i think there's a ton of question marks that can be asked with la and what is going to come of this organization i get that there's a ton of star power but from what i saw last year how does that translate to now? How does that get better under the Derek Fisher regime? Uh, I have been extremely critical of of LA, and I'm not trying to be negative about it. I just from what from what we saw throughout that season, I think there's a ton of question marks. Do they have the talent? Absolutely. Do I love the move with Christy Tolliver? joining them and, and everything she brings to the table from a leadership perspective, from a consistency standpoint of a lot of big names who've won championships together in the past. Yes. Um, I just have some very serious question marks with um, this, this leadership, uh, very, very serious question marks with um, kind of what direction that is, where, where that is headed. Um, I have question marks with Candace Parker and and the, the chemistry amongst this team. So that is exactly why they're, I disagree with you on that one.
1: Can I respond? I'm going to respond. Um, so I actually, so I think, uh, I think you bring up really valid points. I am too concerned. My biggest concern coming into the off season was how Fisher is going to deal with the end of 2019 and how he's going to communicate with his players. But getting Christy Tolliver really, really helps that problem because she is literally an NBA coach. Um, she is a, she's a really good coach. She really helped it. Uh, the mystics last year communicate amongst themselves and, with the coaching staff. So I think she's going to close the gap a little bit there. And I think health is going to be a big deal. Candace Parker is going to be there all year getting meshed in with this group. I also think Brittany Sykes is a very, very uh, strong move by LA bringing her in because she provides good defense. She's efficient without the ball and she's not going to get, she's not going to care if she has to be bumped to the bench, at least from, from what we know about Brittany Sykes, you, you never know until people get in that position. But she may get bumped to the bench in some matchups for either Raquana Williams or Tanae Agumike at the end of games. So she has to be able to accept that, um, and I think she will be able to. So those, those are the reasons that I, I'm willing to put them up there, but I think your concerns about the coaching staff, the communication, and the chemistry on this team are really valid. I just think Christy helps that a lot, and I think Brittany Sykes also helps that a lot.
0: Yeah, uh, I hear what you're both saying, and I'll get into what my uh, what my ranking is later. But as you know, I couldn't fully agree with Gabe, and I can't fully agree with Rachel. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put the Mystics in title favorite. I I part of me wants to just out of respect for the defending champions, but losing Christy Tolliver for the reasons you just said, Gabe, for me knocks them out of title favorite. For me. I respect the other teams, I understand what they're doing, and I respect the Mystics, I understand what they're doing. But to lose such a key starter like her for the whole season, not we're not talking about her being around the team uh, and and not being playing for a few games because of an injury, which we saw this past season. We're talking about her presence not being there from training camp to the finals. And for me, that's a huge blow to the team and knocks them out of title favor.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I can I can also see that because I, I mean I everyone who has listened to this podcast knows how much of a Christy Tolliver fan I am. Um but I, I think Leilani Mitchell brings some of the stuff on the court that you, you see from um uh from Christy's game. She's not as good of a ball hand I mean, she's not as good of a ball handler. She's not good of a player. Let's be real. She's not as good of a player as Christy Tolliver. But I do think Ariel Atkins, Ariel Powers. Those two are going to take big step forward. I think this team has the experience uh, from last season to kind of weather that storm. Those storms that come, you know, this a championship makes you a veteran <clears throat> almost just because of how much work you have to put into it. Um, so I, I think they're going to come and they're going to the, the, both the aerials are going to be better. I think Leilani Mitchell is going to help a lot um, with missing Chrissy Tolliver. So to me, they have Elena Deladon. They have a deep they have a deep bench, they have a deep team, and they have a really good coach. So I'm not – I can't put them out of title favoritism because of those reasons.
0: No, I hear you. Uh, real quick, I'll just say, and I'll let Rachel have a chance too to say uh, what her title favorite kind of order is. For me, it's – and this is with the asterisk of Courtney Williams being on this roster. It goes Connecticut Sun, Seattle Storm, and then the L.A. Sparks. That's my order. Rachel, what about you?
2: This this is a tough one for me. I mean, like I- – I understand that like this is fun and it's good. it gets my mind thinking in a different way. But it being February 19th, I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, this is tough. Still very much trying to digest everything that's happened in the last week, week and a half. Um, I, I, I was quoted on a couple of shows that I really felt like Connecticut Sun, um, in my mind at this point, were the favorites. And I think I have to stand by that um, right now at this point, that the move with Dawana Bonner was a complete game changer. I love everything that, that the Connecticut Sun epitomized. I love the team, the longevity, the chemistry. Everything that they have done uh, just came up short last year. So I, I really feel strongly that Connecticut, in my mind, are the favorites now. Uh, I do think that there are some question marks still. You know, we could be a week from now having the same conversation and Courtney Williams is going to a different team. Um, not saying that's a fact, we don't know, but it is possible. So that does impact things a little bit. Um, so this, this very much is a fluid uh, conversation. But for me, I think it's Connecticut. Um, after that, I have to give the nod to Washington. Um, you know, any team that has Elena Deladon on it, a healthy Elena Deladon. Um, and Emma Mieseman, what, what she was able to show last year. I, I love the Washington roster. I love their offense. I love what they've been able to do. I don't necessarily see the loss of Tolliver as this massive hit say, Gabe, I know that's going to kill you. Um, I, I Easy don't, with your next words here, <laughs> Rachel. I don't see We're very it good but, friends, but that could end quickly. I, I don't see it as a huge, tremendous loss with with uh, the pieces they have on this team and, and just kind of the, the shot selections combined with just the way Tolliver plays. And in some ways, when I watched Washington, it almost felt like she stuck out like a sore thumb in some ways. And that's going to really probably rub a lot of people wrong. And that's not a knock to Christy. Yes. Me
1: in particular, that rubs me the wrong way.
2: It just kind of, there were moments where it was like, I don't know. It's really hard for me to put it in. I've been, I've been critical on Christy Tolliver, which is, which is, um, I know very, very scary to do because she's a phenomenal player. I really have, but I I question that fit any longer than what it has been. Um, I think at this point it's ran its course and it's best for her to go on to a new setting. And I love the fit with LA, as I just said in the previous segment. So for me, I don't see Washington taking a big time hit from an offensive standpoint, from a leadership role, um, you know, from a, from an experience perspective, they're champions. Um, So Washington has to be up there in the conversation. I think Phoenix, you know, that they're not in my title favorites, so I'm not. I'm not going to talk about them quite yet. I think we talk about Seattle, um, but there, you know there are some question marks there. But I do think that what what Seattle did two years ago with a healthy Brianna Stewart, um, and and obviously Sue Bird out on the floor, um, was special. You know, so we're all just kind of sitting here assuming that that is what's going to happen again. Uh, but there are question marks there. You know, from a health perspective, that that are a little bit of an unknown. Um, so they're they're my They're my third, um, and I'm just going to keep it at three with that. It's hard for me to talk about Phoenix as a title favorite. It's hard for me to talk about the Las Vegas Aces as a title favorite right now. I have to just keep it at three. All
0: right, Gabe, talk to me about the next tier, contenders.
1: So my contenders group, uh, you know, I think this team is largely defined by them not being as good as the teams above them. Um, I think these teams can all, you know, if you told me, now on February 19th that any of these teams won the championship would not be that surprised. But for now, I'm I'm considering them as there's a meaningful difference between this these next three teams and the teams that I had above them um, that we just talked about. So my three contenders are Las Vegas, Phoenix, and Chicago. So for Vegas, uh, obviously, I mean, they have p- potentially the best array of talent um, You know, just top-tier talent because Asia Wilson, Liz Cambage, and if we if we get 90% of Adrian McContry, you know, that, that might do it. That might be the best collection of talent as far as three players go in the league. And then you add in Kelsey Plum, D'Erika Hamby, uh, Kayla McBride, Jackie Young. You have a bunch of talented players here on this roster, and you have a really, really good coach behind them in Bill Lambier. The reason that they're not in the favorites category is, is because of those spacing issues that you have seen everyone talk about online. This team has two people who are are good shooters from outside the paint. That's Kayla McBride. That's Kelsey Plum. Jackie Young showed a little bit of that. Liz Cambage can shoot from outside, but that's not really where you want her. And then everyone else is kind of someone that needs to get in the lane to score. Um, so we'll have to see how Angel McCotry is changing her game as she ages hopefully she can add a little bit more of a jump shot because she'll need to. She'll need to spot up on this team. Um, and, you know, I, I'm I'm concerned about that, but I'm also pretty confident in Bill Ambeer to figure out some way to make this at least somewhat efficient. Uh, for I, Phoenix? Yeah,
0: go. No, sorry. Uh, go, go, go. No, I, I yeah. agree with you completely. Um, yeah. No, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, so Phoenix, for Phoenix, I'll keep this one shorter. Uh, Phoenix, they obviously added Skylar Diggins-Smith, who is, uh, you know, a, a a superstar in this league, both on and off the court. She's going to be a um a great pick and roll partner for Brittany Griner. I think they um they obviously have Diana Taurasi, who in my opinion is the greatest player of all time. That's another podcast, rea um, Yeah, she, she
0: ain't. It's Simone Augustus. Okay.
1: Continue. Moving on. <laughs> so they have Diana Taurasi, Skylar Diggins Smith, Brittany Griner. That puts them in the conversation. However. Uh, Again, we're we're talking about some some fit issues. I'm really concerned about their depth. Uh, They blew a lot of money on uh, Bria Hartley, who, um, you know, she's a good player, but we got to see how she works in this roster. And then their next best player is uh, Brian January, who is coming off the bench. Uh, And then they have a lot of rookies, a lot of young players. And, you know, I'm very concerned about their depth. So that's why they're not in the favorites category and I am a little bit concerned about the diminishing returns with Skyler and Diana Taurasi since they're both so good in the pick and roll. Um, and for the last team, Chicago, uh, I think they're really good. I think they um, got a little bit better. I'm, I'm concerned about Azrae Stevens' health. If she is healthy, this team probably moves into the top category. But uh, for now, you know, it's pretty much the same team as the one they had last year. And all the teams we just mentioned either got better or were better last year. So I, I love I love what James Wade has up there. Uh, you know we'll see if Diamond the Shield can somehow take an even further step forward. If Azray Stevens is healthy, if Gabby Williams finds a role, then we're in business. And then they're probably in that top group. But for now, I'm putting them in the second group. So Vegas, Phoenix, and Chicago are my contenders.
0: So I'm gonna throw a total wrench in this, and I know Sky Show Shy is gonna be so pissed at me, and i I'm, <laughs> I'm just creating you know, billboard or whatever material right now, chalkboard material, uh, I'm going to have to knock the sky out of the contenders tier, in my opinion. And here's why the things you just said, the the team did not, you know, everybody else who's above them or who's in the contender or title favorite category really made moves to either, you know, strengthen the depth or just straight up change the face of, of, of how powerful this team is. The sky did not do that. They lost a stew, which to me is a huge blow. Huge blow. Um, and and I, I'm not saying that it's a this player for this player, but I, I am going to say it. I'd keep her over Dolson, if you ask me. I freaking love getting Stevens. I, you know I'm all aboard the Stevens hype train, yes. and you know I'm a huge Diamond to Shields fan. So I understand people are going to jump off at me. I'm saying right now, I need to see that Stevens is healthy. We haven't seen her play in a very long time. There's a lot of question marks surrounding that. And for me, to, if, if you're talking about a healthy Stevens who can make some growth, even though she didn't, uh, like, I'm just going to chalk it up as she didn't play last year because she barely did. Um, if you see growth from her, then fine. We can move them into contender in my book. But besides that, I have a lot of trouble uh, putting this team at contender. Rachel, any thoughts?
2: I I love your analysis. That's actually one of the best breakdowns I've heard from you in a while. Good job. Oh, oh, oh. Hey! Oh. <laughs> okay, God. so are you wanting me to go through my contenders?
0: Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do my order real quick. I got Mystic, Aces, Mercury for contenders, but Rachel, talk to me.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I don't want to be too repetitive, um, but I, I, I think I put the Mystics with title favorites, but my contenders are Aces, Mercury, Sky, um, L.A., um, and that, you know, I talked about LA already. I think that, that they, with all of these teams right here, the biggest question mark is, you know, we're trying to gauge them from what we saw last season. And we could talk about the Aces. This is a young team. This is a, a, a very dynamic and personality-driven <laughs> group, a, a group of women, a team that is still very much learning to play together, work together. We saw them hit their stride at moments. We saw them hit... Uh, some lows at a lot of moments so I think the the jury is still out with the aces and kind of um, the experience and how does that continue to grow how does the addition of a personality and a player like angel McCautry, um go in and fit you know with the, with the star power that the aces have I, I I'm just very curious probably more than I even was last summer as to how all that fits together um, I think, Mercury, you know, we've talked about them being contenders. It feels like for the last ten years, you know, and I, and for for good reason. They've got one of the greatest players in the history of the game, Diana Taurasi, and um, I love the addition of Skylar Diggins Smith. I think it's exactly the move she needed to make. Um, I think it's uh, we talk about a big three in Greiner, Taurasi, and and Skylar Diggins. Even though they lose a Diwana Bonner, uh, which is a big a big hit for them. You can never truly replace a Dewana Bonner because in my mind, she's extremely. Unique from her versatility, um, you know, being able to play really any position, um, and also you know what what she brings from an off- offensive output perspective. So um, the Mercury are just going to be different, you know. But at the end of the day, you've got Gr- Br- Brittany Griner inside as a rim protector and is that as that big that can really arguably be unmatched in this league at times. And when Griner is playing, when Griner is engaged, she's unstoppable. Um, when Diana Taurasi is healthy. <laughs> then I think you have to put an asterisk next to that. That's a huge question mark. Um, how is Tarazi going to be? So if everyone's healthy, if everyone's gelling well and and they're playing, of course they can compete with anybody. Um, i already talked about LA, so I'm not going to get in that too much. I mean, that's a given. It's the lowest that LA needs to be is from a contender standpoint. And a lot of people will disagree with me and would have them up there as title favorites. Um but I think the Chicago Sky are very interesting. You know, Diamond to Shields has to take that next jump consistently before I could really sit here and talk about, you know, them being a very serious title favorite. Now we saw a lot of group change, like like change from them. Uh, we saw a lot of growth from them. Obviously, you've got arguably one of the top two point guards in the league, and Courtney Vandersloot. Um, Allie Quigley's been as steady as anyone else <laughs> in the history in the WNBA. Um, bringing back Dolson and, and so the, like the sky have a lot to build on um, I see them continuing to get better from what they were last year but a lot of that falls in on the shoulders of Diamond Shields who had some really big words to say during the all-star break I don't know if you guys saw that but you know she yeah. kind of said like I nobody else can do what I can do in this league and I agree with her I, I yeah. love Diamond Shields completely she's completely agree with her She's she's incredible. She, she's in a league of her own in terms of what she can do. I just think she now she's at the point of her career where she has to take that next jump. And I'm talking about like MVP caliber jump, you know, mm-hmm. where she's in the conversation of being a top five player in the league. And, and we're arguably, you know, talking about voting for her as the most valuable player. So all, a lot rides on her in my mind. Uh, but I do think the sky should be in the conversation as as contenders but probably on the lower end
0: all right gabe break down these playoff chasers
1: okay so we got a playoff it, it, the playoff chasers might be the wrong word here because there's i mean eight teams make the playoffs so they're probably playoff teams ah, who cares um but so the third tier of teams that are that were probably make probably trying to make the playoffs uh for me is the two two teams uh minnesota and indiana um you know, I would be pretty surprised if Minnesota didn't make the playoffs just because it's Cheryl Reeve, you know, they kind of have, they kind of have a situation where it's just like, well, we'll figure it out and we'll make the playoffs. They're not going to win the championship unless something unforeseen happens. Like, I don't know. I you know if Collier could be, could take that MVP jump that we're talking about for diamond, the shields. I'd be pretty surprised. Cause it's only year two, but she was incredible last year. And I assume she's going to be incredible this year. Um, And, you know, obviously Sylvia Fowles, they have Cheryl Reeve, they have a good team that is pretty deep. They have a six overall pick. They'll probably pick up even some more rookies that get cut. Um, So I, I think that despite them not having made any moves, I don't see them falling off because of how good Cheryl Reeve is. And I think there's a plan in place, whether that's sign people next year, sign some rookie free agents or bring over you know, someone like a CeCe Zandalicini and just see what she can do. And I think CC is a really good player. Um, so th- those are all options for them. So I don't see them falling off too much. And then for Indiana, um, it- it's kind of the same deal. They brought- they're brought, they running it back. They're bringing back that entire team that was two games away from the playoffs. Um, they're probably going to be better. Uh, Tierra McCowan really, really found her stride there at the end of the year. And if she gets going, then we're talking about a grinder like person in in indiana uh someone who can man the middle someone who can finish on pick and rolls and she's has all the tools to be excellent big in this league erica wheeler um i wouldn't be surprised she takes a slight step back just because her shooting last year was so crazy but i also believe in tiffany mitchell i also believe in kelsey mitchell i believe those two will get better victoria and vivian's coming back so the the team again i don't see them falling off too much from last year and if they don't fall off too much from last year i see them making the playoffs
0: I sadly do not disagree with anything you have said.
2: Wow. Rachel? No, I I think it's spot on. Um, everything you said about Minnesota, you know, it a lot <laughs> – I would be, uh, be sounding ridiculous if I didn't say there's a lot of question marks um, surrounding uh, Minnesota right now, and that's ironic coming from me, anyone who's been following, but I, I think we are probably fooling ourselves if we – um, are stepping back and, and, and questioning Cheryl Reeve in any way, or, you know, there, there is a plan in place, there's a strategy in place. Um, what we have become so accustomed to seeing in Minnesota for so many years is not reality anymore. So having to retool and rebuild a lot of those things, it takes f- several off seasons, you know, they, they, it's it's going to be a few years here um, where we're looking back on this five years from now and making sense of kind of the, the decisions that Cheryl Reeve and, and um, the Minnesota Lynx are making. So, uh, but, but I mean, obviously, she's one of the most talented, um, one of the winningest coaches in the WNBA. So I, I am just very anxious to see um, kind of the year that Minnesota has um, is maybe we're going to see some moves late. Maybe we're going to see some decisions late. Maybe we're going to see uh, some some players at play that maybe we didn't necessarily anticipate. Um, so I just I think that's a that's a big question mark for me. Uh, but how do you not step back and and at least know that there is a strategy in place? You have to understand that. Uh, with Indiana, it's been very quiet. <laughs> it's been so quiet. I mean, I was kind of joking around at times. I said, "Is anybody awake over there with the fever?" <laughs> Um, and, and I say that in a loving way because that's one of my hometown teams. But, um, you know, we look at this roster with Indiana, with Tierra McCowan. In my mind, that's an asset that cannot be traded, that will not be traded. That's someone that you are building your franchise around moving forward. And I guarantee that's what, you know, Tamika Catchings is looking at as well. But the pieces there, you know, even, you know, you're bringing back Tori Vivians, who was was unable to play last year due to knee injury um, and, and how dynamic she was in her rookie season. So I, I'm, I'm anxious to see still a lot of the young pieces at play here with the fever. Um, and I'm anxious to see the new regime coming in and kind of how that looks and how the new staff comes in and is able to kind of continue to take the torch from what Pokey Chapman and her staff had built and take it to the next level. Uh, but I know I agree with you, Gabe, um, you know, to, to not be too long winded. I I agree with everything you said. I think the playoff chasers, if you will, um, on that fringe um, are spot on. All
0: okay. right, Gabe, break down these bottom dwellers.
1: Well, I just want hey, we're not going to be mean to people, Aria, um, <laughs> but I just want to tell, want to reiterate. So Aria's uh, playoff chaser tier is Chicago, Minnesota, Indiana, and Rachel's, In and Rachel's is Minnesota, Indiana. Yes. Yes. Okay. So moving on to the bottom tier. Um, and again, look, look uh, it, it is February 19th. If you told me at the end of the year that one of these teams or even two of these teams made the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised. If you told me they won the title, I'd be shocked. And I would ask what happened to the other 10 teams, nine teams. Um, but all right. So we're in <laughs> the bottom tier. Um, and I'm this is not even an order for me. I didn't order these guys because I was too confused. I'm, I'm too confused on them. But Atlanta, Dallas, and New York. Um, so Atlanta has the most variability for me, just because uh, you know, two years ago they were in the semifinals, you know, a game away from making it to the WNBA finals, and then uh, last year they were terrible and couldn't hit a shot from anywhere. So uh, I think. You know, maybe they're maybe they're going to end up somewhere in the middle and be close to the playoffs. They did add Shaquina Strickland. They did add Glory Johnson. Both those players are going to help with the shooting. They're going to help with, um, we think we're going. They're going to help with the locker room, bring people together a little bit more, and they're going to make the team fit a little bit better. They did get they did uh, lose, um, Marie Gulich and Brittany Sykes, but they brought in Kalani Brown, who is an interesting piece. Um, the thing is, is that they're kind of like an island of misfit toys that, you know, it's going to take a lot of coaching to make this team make sense. Luckily they do have a very good coach in Nikki Collin. So, uh, I think she'll, I think she'll figure out a way to make that all work together. Uh, onto Dallas. Uh, I mean, what's, what hasn't happened with Dallas? They, they almost look like a completely new team and they still have, uh, by my count, they have, they still have four first round picks, six picks total in the 2020 draft and they already have a full, <laughs> a full roster. So uh, a lot's going to change with Dallas, even from now going forward, as much as it's changed already, but bringing in Katie Lou Samuelson, she makes a lot more sense with their team than Azrae Stevens did. Once they brought in Astuna door, um, they locked up Mariah Jefferson. She's going to be healthy. I think she's actually a really good fit next to Rike and they still have Alicia gray. They still have Caleb Thornton. They have a lot of nice pieces on this team um but i you know it, i don't want to talk too much about what they're going to be we know mariah jefferson's gonna be on this team we know Enrique is going to be on this team we're pretty sure katie lou samuelson's gonna be on this team we know kayla thornton and astuna Door are going to be on this team and for now that's pretty much it oh and taylor hill is going to be on the team because her contract is, is protected which god it has to be a bummer for them um t- taylor i hope she's healthy i mean maybe she's healthy and she can give them something we're going um,
0: to have to at some point talk about that powers for Taylor Hill trade because, boy, oof. has that bitten them in the butt. Oof, but uh, that's, that's 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 for a different episode. But that's almost...
1: Uh, so, you know, they're going to look very different, but I, I still see them as a rebuilding team. They're trying to figure out what works for Atarike. I think that's a good plan. Uh, and then in New York, um, let's see. What, what Well, so they're going to get Sabrina, which is a good is a good thing because uh, I'm not really clear on what else is going on on this roster. Um, they brought in Alicia Clarendon, which I don't really like. I don't see how she... I mean, you know, Sabrina's right now playing with another guard who can't really shoot, and it's working fine because she's an excellent player. I don't think that's the best way to maximize her. Um, but they do have other good pieces on this team that are going to grow and get better. Zawi, Amanda Zowie B, I hope she does not miss games. For the Olympics, she might. Um, Kia Nurse, same same deal. Wow, they have a really... They just have so many international players. that It's, again, going to be hard for them to compete this year. Um, but Tina Charles is still there for now. So, again, this is another team that could look very, very different. But I think the overall idea here is that uh, Dallas and New York are rebuilding. Um, so they're just going to try to experiment. They're going to try to figure out what works around their young stars, and, you know, I don't think they would be close to contention. Atlanta is trying to compete, but they'll have the fourth overall pick. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens with them. Maybe they get someone they really like and they have to start retooling their team.
0: Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, the, the dream is a hodgepodge. The wings are the, the wings are the only thing you can say about them is currently. And, and I don't think they're done in this free agency period. Or at least, you know, this is this whole like hoarding draft picks just reminds me of, you know, playing a board game with your friends back in the day and there's that one thing that everybody's not so sure they want a ton of and one player just decides I'm going to invest in getting all of that. Uh it's it's like putting a a hotel on a Mediterranean in Baltic if you're playing Monopoly or whatever. I don't understand what's going on there. <laughs> Hopefully it works out for them. Um and yeah, the, the Liberty, I agree with you also. I mean, it's just, it's what, what are they doing? How many people are going to be on their roster um, for the complete season is the real question for me. Because like you're saying, they have a very international roster. Um, Rachel, I'm curious, your thoughts on those teams.
2: As I sit here and listen to you guys, it's difficult for me. <sighs> All right. I, 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 I find, a, I see one bottom right now. And I see that as the New York Liberty. Um, and that's not a knock to wall. That's not a knock to this team. I just, from what I have seen in the moves and we're assuming that Tina Charles is still trying to be traded, you know, that, that is just a, a huge, like sore thumb. Like I, I it, it's, it's just, it doesn't even like, I can't understand what's happening in New York. I see the potential. I see how exciting it is. I see the changes they're making and how great this is going to be. But if, there is a worst team, quote unquote, in the league at this point right now. It's the New York Liberty as the bottom. It's hard for me to look at playoff chasers compared to bottom as we're in this tier and, and really talk about the Dallas Wings and talk about the Atlanta Dream. I I think that Dallas has made really great moves this offseason. Um, you know, we talk about Brian Agler and I have a ton of respect for Brian Agler because of what he's shown as a coach in this league, what, what he has shown he can build, um, what he has shown that he can win. Um, so, you know, it's like what I talked about a little bit ago, being able to retool a roster and make those changes sometimes takes a couple of seasons. And, you know, Agler inherited a situation that was talented, but there was a lot of drama and you see some of that has changed and we've seen some changes take place in terms of Liz Cambage is now removed Skylar Diggins talked about her unhappiness there with Dallas so now he's almost got a clean slate in a lot of ways so now we're looking at Agler and he's at you know ground zero of building in his mind, what he feels like he can have there in Dallas. And you have a lot of potential. You have, you have a lot of star power and let's not discredit, you know, Agler's ability to put pieces together and his ability to know how to win in this league. So I can't have them in contenders by any stretch of the imagination, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if we continue to see Enrique um, and a lot of these players who had a ton of experience last year, as they were hitting their stride towards the end of the year, it felt like um, going a little bit of run and sneak off, sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, um, I think that's very possible with Dallas. I think uh, Atlanta dream, this is a, di- this is a, this is a difficult one because I think a lot of people are confused as to what head coach Nikki Collin and that, franchise is doing uh, with Angel leaving. I think that was, I think sometimes you have to understand that, um, you know, a situation has run its course and that's what that was. And it was good for both parties involved. And it's the same thing with with Dallas and Skylar Diggins. Sometimes a situation has run its course and it's just best for both the boys. And that's what I look uh, with Atlanta um, and Angel, you know, into in free agency. Um, and the decision to kind of let her go explore free agency, I see her going to Las Vegas as a huge shot in the arm for not just Angel, but also for the dream. Um, and I, I I felt like after year one, Nikki Collin kind of inherited a group that was hungry. They were excited. They went and shocked the world. They had that momentum. They went in and, you know, they were just killing it. And then they got complacent. You know, let's just call it what it is. They got complacent. They got happy. They were feeling themselves. They were whatever, focusing on their careers after basketball. Like a lot of things were at play there. And it, now it's time we, we got to blow this thing up. We have got to make the changes. And I completely support what Nikki Collin is doing and just changing this roster, bringing in new pieces. Um, and that's going to, that's going to, who knows, maybe, maybe we can see Tina Charles in Atlanta, you know, that, that, that could entirely Ooh. possible. Um, we could also see maybe Tina Charles in somewhere like Dallas. I mean, you know, I think that it's, it's very plausible that she's going to be traded. It's just a matter of where, where is that going to be? Um, but I think, I think Nikki Collin is doing exactly what she needs to do with this, this dream roster right now. Um, she's proven she can get a group of people together and get them on the same page and, and do it in a, in a quick fashion and, and be able to go win some games. But um, you know, I I'm very excited about both of them in particular, Dallas and Atlanta, because I, I think they're both being extremely strategic and um, turning over a lot of things that needed to be turned over and, and a lot of change that had to take place. My, my biggest question mark is, with New York. And so not to get off on too much of a tangent with myself, those are just the thoughts I had with the bottom quote unquote tier of this league. Um, and kind of where they rank in my mind.
1: So wait, just for bookkeeping purposes. Um, Are you creating a new tier for Atlanta and Dallas? Are you throwing them into the tier with Minnesota and Indiana?
2: No, I'm okay with them staying on the bottom, at least the dream and Liberty for now. Um, I think if, if I had to rank them from the bottom, it would go Dallas, dream, Liberty. Um, It's just hard for me to distinguish a lot of the differences between, you know, in Indiana or even, even necessarily like the links where they are right now, there's so many question marks surrounding all five of these teams that it's just a huge unknown. And so we're just kind of going off specific moves or potential, but um, there's zero consistency with, with any of them right now to to go off any sort of gauge. So, um, you know, like I said, it's going to be interesting, you know, a, eight months from now when we're having this conversation, looking back on the season and, and listening to what we were saying, because it can be completely different. This lower half of the league.
0: I, I just want to jump in and do my classic episode, Minnesota defense. And, and the, the re, well the reason that I I'm going to say this is only because I can't put the links in the bottom. I keep them in the playoff chaser because they have Sylvia Fowls. When you have a superstar like that, I truly believe it's hard to be at the bottom. Now, some might say, well, what about Tina Charles? Yeah, but there is the question mark of Tina Charles at this point. And honestly, for the plethora of other reasons we listed, for me, for the wings to make that jump to playoff chaser, they need to get someone on the level of Tina Charles because they, Brian Agler is an amazing coach, as we all know, but what he does best is taking teams that have kind of spun their wheels. And honestly, I feel bad for the guy because he was kind of put into a, a crappy situation for lack of a better term. He goes into a situation that has two superstars and was spinning their wheels. And and he came in there probably ready to coach them and ready to say, hey, I can take this roster and shift it to a contender, to a title favorite. But missing out on them, I'm just saying to myself, "Okay, is Brian Agler as like every coach is good at different things, just like a player. And like I was saying, he's good at teams that kind of spin their wheel. Is he as good? with a team that doesn't have the star power and kind of rebuilding a team. And that's the question that's that I don't know the answer to.
2: Not necessarily,
0: you know, to take a crap on them. I'm just saying what I'm thinking right now.
2: That's a great point. Fantastic point. Gabe, thoughts?
1: Uh, I I don't know. My usage has been very high on this podcast, so um, I'm kind of running out of... I'm running out of uh the, the smart things to say, but I do agree. Um, but so do you guys want... You guys just want me to go through really quick our tiers so everyone has them on the record. We will will post a list. Look at this internet and whatever. I have an idea. Uh, Let's post these on Patreon as well. Um, So we're going to post these on Patreon, but just so if you want to hear them now. So my favorite, we all have four tiers. My favorites in order are LA, Seattle, Washington, Connecticut. REA's favorites is a three-team group. And it goes Connecticut, L.A., Seattle. Uh, Rachel's goes... Oh,
0: excuse me. It's Connecticut, Seattle, L.A. Okay.
1: Connecticut, Seattle, L.A. Um, And then Rachel's three goes Connecticut, D.C., Seattle. Okay. Correct. Uh, So my contenders is a three-team group, which is Vegas, Phoenix, and Chicago. R.E.A.'s is uh, D.C., Vegas, Phoenix, in that order.
0: Yeah.
1: Rachel's is uh LA, Vegas, Phoenix, Chicago for contenders. Um, yep. I know this is a riveting radio. Um, playoff chasers for me are Minnesota and Indiana. For RA, they are Chicago, Minnesota, Indiana. For Rachel, she agrees with me. Minnesota and Indiana are in her fort in her uh, third tier. And then the bottom tier. Um, well, I didn't really catch an order for anybody, but I guess my order would be um, Dallas, Atlanta, New York, which is the same as Rachel's, which is Dallas, Atlanta, New York, and Aria's is... I, I
0: I would I would tie Wings in Atlanta. I would tie Dream okay. and and Wings. Uh, too close to call for me.
1: Okay, so that it that's your tiers starting out right now. So. You can be really mad at us on Twitter. Um, and yeah, have, have fun. We'll, we'll uh, give us your tears online and we'll talk about it. Uh, yeah, it's February 19th, we're about to have, we're about to run out of things to talk about until like April in like two weeks.
0: Hey, and, and if we put your team in the bottom tier, then, you know, shed a tear for us. Uh, we believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect. The men's sports receive on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us and the hard work that we do.